Welcome to Armenian Women Empowerment. This is a podcast that will help you identify the negative and sexist rhetoric thrown your way and how to stand up for yourself in its wake. You will hear Jackie's personal story of how she survived an emotionally, familially, and financially abusive marriage and how to identify and prevent toxic family and professional relationships for yourself. It's not amut to be an Armenian woman in the diaspora. It's empowering. Let's switch this conversation up about us and take actionable steps towards uplifting, encouraging, and empowering ourselves each day. Hi, it's Jackie from Armenia Women Empowerment, and I'm talking to you today live from New York City. I'm still in New York and working on my transition to move here. I'm very, very excited, but I also realized that I did not bring the correct equipment with which to do this podcast. So you probably noticed that the last few episodes don't sound as good as my other episodes because I don't have the right recording equipment. And um, that'll change in the next couple of weeks when I return to pack up and come back. So for now, here's the sound quality and I do apologize in advance for anything you're not hearing. <laughs> like good sound quality, I do apologize for that. But I wanted to talk a little bit about today, today to you about encouragement. What it means to be encouraged, to become an encourager, and to receive encouragement. You know, most of my podcasts have kind of a thread here, right? I'm trying to uplift the Armenian woman so that she doesn't feel alone in her efforts to become happy and move about this planet doing her thing. And so the common thread is to really be a supporter of each other rather than um, the typical Armenian woman who's set up or raised somehow to put Armenian women down. We already have enough of that in the whole world. We already have enough people in the world trying to put women down. And uh, just recently, I guess yesterday, our president here in the United States, um, I think took one step, one bold step by eliminating a very uh, corrupt, corruptive, erosive, corrosive person in the world that that studies the Bible in such a way that it puts women down and does nothing to uplift them and serve them. So that was a bold move that he made. It's a trickle-down effect. You might say, well, you know, what is he doing for our own country? I mean, that's nice that he, okay, great, he killed the Taliban, but what is he doing for us? What did, you know, what did he do for Armenia during the war? I'm just talking about what he just did with this particular evil in the world, because that particular evil in the world, there are other evils in the world. Yes, I do realize and understand that, okay? But this particular evil in the world, what it symbolizes is the destruction of women. And so he just did something that encourages and supports women in such a big way. Most people look at that man in that country 
and see evil and corruption and how the hell am I going to get around this world in this life with an evil corrupt man uh, supporting other men to, you know, downplay, down talk and commit evil against me as a woman. So what he did was bold and courageous. And what I'm doing is bold and courageous too, apparently, you know, I'm out, I'm out here and I'm speaking my truth and it's out there in the world and I'm doing something bold every day. You're doing something bold every day by being out in the world and doing whatever it is you do, right? But when you're being an ultimate supporter, a true feminist and someone who really doesn't take lightly to the mistreatment of women, you are going out on a, on a, on a whim here and a, you know, really putting yourself on the line of fire with all the people in the world that think that there's only one place for a woman to stand. And in our culture, in the Armenian culture, it is very like kind of hush hush to talk about it. It's even hush hush to talk about any kind of abuse toward women, but especially hush hush to talk about Armenian women being abusive to Armenian women. Like that is something that we just call, well, it's, you know, typical, done digging behavior, all the gossip, it's, it's normal to behave that way. No, it's not. It's not normal and it shouldn't be normalized. If you're participating in that kind of familial emotional abuse, you need to stop that. I'm telling you, you need to stop it and cut it out at, at its root right now. If you find yourself gossiping, hey, I'm not talking about venting, okay? Everybody could use a little vent. I'm talking about the true gossip, you know, the nene, and the Horkur um, and the Morkur kind of gossip, the Tanti gossip, where they sit there, cross their arms across their chest, and sip that Armenian coffee and say, you know, Elizabeth, you know, that kind of talk has to go. You are serving no one by complaining about other Armenian women just trying to exist and be happy in the world. We all deserve happiness, all of us, men and women alike. And we all deserve to be gossip free. But I'm especially talking about our Armenian women. We can do so much by encouraging each other, uplifting each other and speaking out against the haters and the perpetrators of disinformation, falsifying information, gossiping, um, you know, dirty laundry bringing people. We need to snuff them out. And I don't mean violently. I just mean through your words, through your encouragement, through your very being, through your very uh, causes that you make through the very things you do at work. How are you uplifting and supporting other Armenian women? How are you helping Armenian women grow? Well, it's gonna be in the way you speak, in the way you work, in the way you think, and the way you act. All of those things are gonna be evident. Yeah, you could throw some money. I suppose it is encouraging to throw some money on, on something like a good cause, like, you know, 
an Armenian woman organization. That's awesome. You know, nothing wrong with that. I think we could use more support that way too. Monetary support goes a long way as well, but I'm not talking about merely throwing money at someone in support of them. I'm seriously talking about taking action, finding out what that woman needs. What does that Armenian woman need? You know, just like a homeless person you see on the street, what do they immediately need? You might think they need money, they probably really need nourishment, brain nourishment and food nourishment, right? But they're at such low levels in their uh, homelessness that the only thing they can think of begging for is food so that they can make their own decision on what to, I'm sorry, uh, begging for money so that they can make their own decision on how to use it. And it might not be the best decision to you, but because of their low life existence, their very low life condition, um, they have no choice but to spend that money or they feel like they have no choice but to spend that money and no guidance but to spend that money on things that probably aren't going to serve them the best. And the same goes, and you're going to be surprised to hear this maybe or maybe not. Maybe you agree with me already on this. I don't know. But the same goes for the Armenian woman who has been who has been talking down to her whole life, who's been beaten, who has been disregarded, undernourished mentally and disregarded, overnourished, by the way, uh, physically. We, we have a tendency to, you know, overnourish, meaning get ourselves fat. Like that scene, somehow getting fat, being plump, an army woman being plump is, is more important than plumping up her brain. Um, but so be it, you know, um, that that's for another discussion, I suppose, but let's, let's really take a look at this. When you are constantly putting someone down and constantly putting them in a space of irrelevance, that is going to corrode on their cells, on their brain cells. It's going to talk to them very deeply about how unimportant and insignificant they are. And that's going to create the lowest life condition they have. And so the only things they're going to be asking for are the basics too, because that's all they think they deserve, right? But it's completely wrong to do that. And you know it's wrong to do that. And sometimes you probably even catch yourself when you're in the middle of really derogatorily talking about another Armenian woman. You probably even feel bad. You probably even go, hmm, that didn't feel good. Let me try that again. And that's okay. Sometimes we catch ourselves. I'd like you to not participate in any of that at all. If somebody's coming up to you and gossiping and just, you know, yelling at an Armenian woman, based on how she dresses, how she works, how she plays, or how she takes care of her own children. Oh, I can write a whole book on how Armenians think that they're entitled to tell a mother, an Armenian mother, how to raise their children, right? I can write a whole book on that. I might, you never know. Uh, I have a lot of material. But, you know, that has got to just be squelched. You have to find your highest self. You have to find your courage to speak up and speak out against that. 
you know you have to somehow uh pray to have the courage to speak up and speak out against it you have to study you've got to be in your own right mind nourish yourself to understand how horrible it is to allow others to speak against women in any possible way you can it's a sensitive subject you think really is it is it a sensitive subject it shouldn't be it should be normal it should be normal to treat women with the same respect as you treat the armenian men in your life it should be become it, it should be normalized to treat armenian women with such high regard that the armenian man in her life feels a little slighted nothing wrong with that it might be his first time feeling slighted so let him be the adult in the house and take care of himself you deserve to be regarded happy and seen as relevant and significant in this world you my armenian woman friend deserve that just as everybody deserves to be seen in that regard so the next time you are in a situation where you can speak up and speak out against the perpetrator against women in your life do it find your voice speak up say no i won't allow that you won't be talking like that to my child you won't be talking like that to me you know i understand it's cute to have our own little ways of talking but if we constantly tell armenian women that what they're doing is amot you don't think that that's going to be regarded when they're older you don't think that that's damaging their life condition to such a point where they feel like oh my god everything i do is amot i better make sure that what i'm doing is not embarrassing to others like as though you're responsible for other people's feelings you know i tell my son all the time as if you're not responsible for an adult's feelings i just want you to know that you may have you know maybe you feel responsible because um you know you uh you actually directly insulted them that's different but if you're just speaking out and you're just talking you should not feel like you have to lighten it up for the adult in the house you should not feel that way because you're not responsible for that person's for for how the adult in the house receives the information and this happens all the time in my uh ex's family they constantly make my son feel guilty and feel bad for expressing himself they really don't work it out or talk it out or explain why they don't like a behavior it's just something you know that is uh brushed away like you know he says something that's the truth and they don't want it to be there just because you don't want it to be his truth doesn't mean it's not going to be but it is your responsibility as an adult to take that feeling and react to it how you want to or not react but no we end up calling kids names when they say things that we don't like when they do things that we don't like we call we do this to boys and girls but mostly girls mostly girls i notice that we rarely say amot to a boy 
rarely do that. It's mostly to girls, even female pets. Some people call their pets amot. Would you call the male pet amot? I don't know. I know it sounds cute and you know, okay, come on. I'm not talking about animals. I'm talking about humans here. Big difference. All right. So if you, if you, if you have to use that word a lot, if you have to use the word amot a lot, go ahead and call your pet amot. Okay. I don't mind. Actually, I have a cat that is quite amot. He's uh, an adult male cat that really does some embarrassing things like yelling at me in the morning to let him out when he knows that he's not supposed to go out. Okay, go ahead. Call your pets amot. Okay. They're not going to absorb it the same way. I don't think that they're going to take it harshly, but we're human and the human is going to take it harshly. The human is going to take it to heart and the human is going to absorb all of those amots. It's like a cup. It's going to be filled with amot. It's like the amot cup. Is your amot cup going to be filled more than your bravo cut cup? I hope not. I hope the bravo cut, uh, excuse me, <laughs> bravo cup is going to be filled way higher in your life. I want it to be filled way higher. The abris, the bravo, you know, the good job cup needs to be filled. The I'm so proud of you cup needs to be filled. You, you'd be surprised at how kids absorb all that stuff. Kids love this kind of stuff when you're really encouraging them and you're telling them how wonderful it is that they're sharing such good news about something or sharing their knowledge about something. Now, I can take this a little bit further and I'm a little reluctant to, I'll tell you why, because I do feel like sometimes myself, I feel embarrassed by things that I put out there on this podcast, but I know it's important, so I still do. But I'm human, and I've probably been told enough in my life, my Amut cut has probably been told enough in my life that I should feel embarrassed about putting it out there, right? That's a normal feeling, and I'm working on it every day. I try to work out that discount that uh, with my faith in practice. I try to discount that doubt that I'm being um, embarrassing or something every single day, right? Because I don't want to feel that way because that's not, that that's being, that's putting myself in hell in my own mind. So I don't want to be there, right? So I will tell you, because I am going to go a little bit further here and I'm going to tell you a little story. So, you know, I have um, tried my best as an Armenian mom to involve my son in everything. Like right now, he's involved in AYF. He loves it. He's actually in Camp Hayastan as we speak. Um, so grateful that program, 70-year program, and continuing on strong. And I purposely put him in these programs because he does need to feel acknowledged about his very special Armenian existence in the world, right? He does need to continue to learn about his culture in a world that won't specifically do it. Getting better all the time, but he needs to feel like he's in a really important group, which he is. He is. He definitely is. I was in AYF too my whole life from age 10 until 18. It's a long time. Um, and continuing on 
in ARS. And, you know, it's a long time. It's a lifetime of Armenianness, right? Now, recently, while in New York, we were invited to our uh, Buddhist community center. And it was my son's first time because of COVID, they were closed. And um, one of the reasons why I love this community myself is because it does help me to become as happy as I can possibly be, right? And I have also instilled that in my son, that he can also become as happy as he can possibly be, right? And in an effort to encourage him, I wanted him to know that he too can attend a meeting. He's now a young adult. He's starting to embrace the faith. And so we went to the center here in New York City and he loved it. It was his first time, again, since COVID, but also, you know, because they were on Zoom before, but also his first time ever in a young men's division meeting. And he was floored by the welcome, by the excitement, by boys of different ages, like from age, you know, I think it was age 10 on up through 35, like all of these happy, happy, welcoming people. He had a chance to do activities and uh, speak his voice in an open mic system, even told them that he's Armenian. He even shared that. He said he's going to be going to his first sleepaway camp next week called Camp Hayastan. He told them he's from California. He was very excited. And when he was invited to do this meeting, I never thought, never thought in a million years what would have come out of his mouth after this meeting, after this day. And the first words that came out of his mouth was, Mom, this is amazing. I've been to a lot of AYF meetings and none of them have made me feel this good before. None of them were so happy as before. I was expecting a lecture. He said he was expecting a lecture and a PowerPoint, uh, you know, uh, to watch, video to And no, he said it was interactive. He said he felt welcomed. He said it was uplifting, encouraging, participatory. Now that is something that we seem not to be very good at as Armenians, whether to women or men because men and women and boys and girls attend AYF and Hominate Men meetings. And if your kids are not feeling that welcome, that love, that real engagement and participation as though they count and they matter and everyone does, then you know what? We've got a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. I mean, it made me happy that he was happy. Don't get me wrong. I am. I was thrilled and floored that he was having a great time because I was thinking, oh my God, he's thinking this woman keeps putting me in situations where I have to like go places, but he loved it. And now I'm sure he's going to be expecting his new AYF to step up to the plate and be just as exciting as this. So if you're out there listening, Let's get this going. Come on.
my AYS advisors, let's do this. Let's, let's make our kids feel welcome because it doesn't happen anywhere. If it doesn't happen anywhere in our own community, our kids will seek it out from somewhere else. If encouragement and love and the non-amut talk isn't found in our own community, they will find it elsewhere, guaranteed. And again, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm happy he found that. But I also want him to understand that we can do that too. We can step up to the plate as Armenians too. We can be just as encouraging and uplifting. We can be just as happy and forward thinking and proactive and engaging and connecting as any other culture or religion is. So food for thought. I don't know if that's a tangent I just went on because it's a little bit off topic of women specifically needing to receive so much better nourishment. But I, I had that example, you know, it's fresh in my mind because it just happened. So I wanted to share that and I hope you understand. Um, so yeah, so here's what we're gonna do. So this week, I have some homework for you. I want you to really, really listen to what's going on, how you're talking about other women specifically. And if you can intervene when you see that someone is being derogatory toward another Armenian woman in your life. Speak up and speak out against it support each other, love each other, and let's have some peace in our lives as a result. And that will go a long, long, long way. I hope everybody has a happy day. Bye. Hi, this is Jackie from Armenia Women Empowerment. Hello, how are you? Happy almost August. I'm so excited. I just came back well i shouldn't say i just came back <laughs> i've been here about a week and a half but i feel like when i travel back and forth from new york to la it takes a little while to adjust to jet lag and other things although this time it wasn't as bad and i think i'm just getting used to it my body's getting used to the idea that oh every once in a while during the year we're gonna have this five hour flight thing and i think i can handle it <laughs> So anyway, um, I'm also back to my regularly scheduled equipment that I use to podcast, and so you're probably hearing me a lot clearer than the last couple of session segments. Um, but I wanted to talk to you today about single motherhood and the Armenian stigma of that. Um, it's not just an Armenian stigma. Again, like I feel like you know, my podcast is called Armenian Women Empowerment, but this goes all the way across the board. I mean, there's always a single mother stigma. Our minds just go straight to that. We never say, oh, poor guy, or, you know, he's gonna have a tough time with this. It's always the single mother stigma. And some of that is exacerbated by different societal and economical um, economic things, but I really, want to figure out why we continue to perpetuate this stigma when we see the proof in front of us 
that our single mothers are thriving. Our Armenian single parents, mothers in particular, are thriving way more than they were in their marriages to the so-called stable, you know, Harsubinig lifestyle, right? Harsupesa, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just said Harsubinig, didn't I? <laughs> oh, okay, um, it's early Sunday morning, by the way, while I'm podcasting, so excuse me, but I think you understand what I'm saying. It's just the stigma that everyone thinks that the Armenian woman is now gonna crumble. She is now this poor mother um, whose you know, husband was making all the things happen and making the world turn and now her world is asunder. Not particularly so. In fact, it's so not so that we have a lot more exciting and interesting um, children that are being raised as a result of it. The children are actually thriving too in these single mother households. But I wanna continue to encourage that growth and I don't want to further stigmatize. So here's, I'm gonna give you an example, an experience that I had recently and um, both of these experiences and examples were actually not even not even from members of the Armenian community. So like I said, the stigma for the, for the single mother in general is a stereotypical description of who she is, right? She's now poor, she doesn't have any um, social supports, she has, uh, she's not making as much money, she's not able to take care of the children, uh, as well because now she has to scramble for babysitters and all of a sudden I don't know what happened to the parents in the situation Did they just drop out maybe because in my situation of emotional um, and familial abuse it might actually be so but that's the stereotypical view that this is somehow something bad that this is somehow now something a new territory that the Armenian woman cannot thrive in and cannot make it in but it isn't just relegated to Armenians. It is across the board. And so recently I was talking to um, a friend in faith, in fact, and um, she's of the Japanese culture. And she asked me one day, she said, um, this must be pretty hard for you. You must be used to a certain lifestyle. I think she was wondering uh, how long we were, uh, I was divorced. I told her five years and she said, that must have been hard for you. Um, what, what did your husband do for a living? And I'm like, I wonder why she's asking me that. But I told her what he does now. I didn't tell her what he did then, which was nothing. Um, but she asked and I told her what he did. And then she said, oh, that must have brought a lot of money to your household. So you must have been used to a different lifestyle. I'm like, no, <laughs> actually, I was the one supporting that household. And we were poor very often because he was busy supporting another household, unbeknownst me. And um, I didn't even know he worked half the time. And um, my 
paycheck was paying bills and my paycheck was a lot smaller because I was taking care of this kid that I was told to take care of because, you know, no one else would want me to work and all that stuff. Look, it was a lot of thick emotional abuse, right? But the weird part about it was that she assumed that I was somehow used to some kind of bigger life. And that is the general assumption with people who are married and think of the typical unmarried single person, the divorce, not unmarried, I should say, um, you know, divorce specifically, single mother. Like, oh no, now she's not making her regular lifestyle and she can't come up with those payments and she can't come up with that um, keeping up with the other kids in the neighborhood kind of feel, the other kids in the neighborhood for my son because he's seeing everybody taking vacations and everybody doing, you know, things that he used to do. Well, no, that's actually not true. My son ended up doing more of the things that he loved. He became a member of the USAS swim team because of me and my post-divorce life. And that was because of me, not because of his life, his supposed quote-unquote lifestyle that he had with his married parents. It is absolutely the opposite. Because what ended up happening was an enlightenment. An enlightenment that I cannot even describe in words. It is like a fog lifted over your eyes when you are now able to focus on yourself and your, and your children. It is an enlightenment that says, wow, I was told so many times that I can't, I can't, I can't. I absorbed it and I believed it. And now I'm able to give my kids so much more. I mean, in fact, I was able to send my son to a very prestigious uh, you know, Armenian cultural camp experience this year because of my confidence in myself and my knowledge of who I was and my enlightenment and my understanding of how I can bring these important life experiences to my son, whether or not I have the money to supply it. And even if I do have the money to supply that, COVID people, right? So, you know, there are a lot of situations that happen to us that we don't even know are going to happen. I mean, it's life, <clears throat> right? But the fact that the fact that this woman asked me that question, I think she was really surprised when I told her no, I wasn't used to that lifestyle at all. There wasn't a lifestyle that came with that money that he brings in now for himself because he never brought that money home to us. We were never allowed that. We were never given that. My son and I were deprived while married, and now we survive and thrive while divorced. So... The stereotype has to go. And, you know, it's not just, again, this isn't just relegated to Armenians, but it does surprise me that it is something that other people in the world think too. It surprises me that 
my own boyfriend has a stereotype. This is a man who um, went to you know prestigious university with me and is a smart man and still he has stereotypes of his own mother, a single parent, and myself. And sometimes he catches himself and sometimes he's, you know, uh, you know, but I guess what I'm saying is it's something that is so well ingrained in people that they can't not be stereotypical against the single mom. It's something, it's kind of like emotional abuse for me in my marriage. It's something that becomes so ingrained in our society to think of single women, mothers in particular, as being somehow down and out now because they chose to divorce or they were divorced upon. I mean, I think I told you the story um, of my mom. My mom is now in severe dementia, but I love it. You know, I like kind of repeating things. It's kind of fun. <laughs> I guess, you know, I'm enjoying this time in her life that she's in this situation. And, uh, you know, we have to enjoy what we have to enjoy, right? Suffer what we have to suffer. So I'm enjoying this time period, even though sometimes we have to repeat so many so often you know so that she understands what's going on i'm enjoying it and she said something to me uh to the effect of oh um he i think i forget how she worded it but the way she worded it was such that um it wasn't even in armenian i think she said something to the effect of oh he thought he was going to have fun divorcing you or something and I'm like no 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 mom I divorced him I kicked him out with a police escort I was the one who decided enough is enough and she was so happy and she looked at me and she said that makes me so happy that makes me so happy and of course it makes her happy because it means her daughter is winning right her daughter is achieving and surviving and thriving so that's just not the norm though her mind even in dementia land went straight to thinking that I was the one that I was the one hurt and distraught so I'm sure she was happy that that wasn't me because I had made the decision and here's the thing when you're a single parent you do get to decide when you're almost you know those of you who have been through this kind of divorce um, that I speak of you know that even before you chose to get divorced from your partner you already felt it you already felt in your heart that you were Pajnavads you were split you were you know, not really married, not fully engaged in the marriage. So it starts early and, and then it just spirals from there into something beautiful. But we only hear about the stuff that isn't beautiful. We only hear about the statistics that are skewed and just basic statistics that show maybe 
one control group over the entire nation as a, as a whole, and that's what we should be looking at. Well, that's just ridiculous because you don't know where those statistics come from. N not many of us are even reading past a certain point anymore because it just gets too much. There's too many pages to read. Um, there is a current study about this right now, in fact, um, that I read about on Reddit. <laughs> I think it was Reddit. But uh, it says that most Americans aren't even reading online as much as they were before. Because after a few scrolls of pages, you're either getting bored or the journalism is getting boring because people are just not writing the way they used to to get information out into the world. It's the world of TikTok and sound bites and very little information, headlines and, you know, pop culture, big booming headlines that make us feel like, oh, I already know what this article is going to be about. So with half of America and half of the world really not even reading about how awesome things can be, how really, truly well a child's life is with divorce or a single parent family and single mother coming from a single mother in particular are then you're not hearing the whole story and you're just perpetuating this 1950s mentality of how awful a single mother uh, how awful a single mother's life must be and how awful her kids are uh, behaving as a result of that that's what you hear about and that mentality has got to go it still surprised me like I said when my this is a member in faith this is a member of the Buddhist community and Buddhism is all about your inner strength and happiness and nothing can make you feel more encouraged and empowered than the power of of our chanting Namyo Harenge Kyo so it shocked me when she had asked me what my ex's income was, I'm like, what does that have to do with anything I'm talking about here? <laughs> you know, any of the um, life scenarios I'm describing, like, am I sounding like a single mom, like a typical single mom? It, it, so, but it shouldn't surprise me because here's the thing. She's a normal human being like every human being on the planet that hears negative stuff about women and single mothers in particular every day since birth since as far as you can remember since as far back as you can remember it's always the single mother's plight no one ever talks about the single father's plight because somehow the single father is doing so well well guess what that's not true that's obviously not true have you read some of the headlines and, and you know obviously it's not that true when you put all of the burden on the single mom and you take out the single dad factor, you're missing a whole statistic about a whole half of the nation and the world that is still expected to take care of the kids. You know, and about the only thing you do hear about single dads is deadbeat fathers. Okay, you hear, you know, deadbeat dads and oh, that, you know, the dad is a deadbeat because he doesn't pay his child support and, you know, woe is me and, you know, all these 
dumb dads and you know that's all you hear about you know you don't hear too much negativity about the single father and especially in our Armenian families we can't even imagine that there's anything wrong with a man in particular because the men of course are revered they're the highest revered patriarchy ever in Armenian families so there's nothing they can do wrong and if there is something they're doing wrong it's obviously because a woman pissed him off right the the wife or the mother or the daughter um, or even his sister you know in my ex's family he always blamed his sisters for not doing enough for him for not guiding him enough or you know you know like giving bad advice and I'm like what are you blaming your sister for seriously do you have a brain in your head can you like just accept that you probably didn't make the best decision at that moment in your life and you're the one who accepted the advice and so that's you that's on you how does a sister who's trying to help you become the villain well I'll tell you how because it's perpetuated and it's ingrained in a system of patriarchy for years and years and years it's it's what we're taught by teachers uh, it's what we're taught by family it's what we're taught in society and even um, you know uh, and even online and you know women in general are just constantly judged we're judged for having too many wrinkles we're judged for not taking care of our you know age spots we're judged for not dressing right or sexy enough or you know there's all kinds of things that a woman gets judged on in social media and on TV and in big media but the thing is we have a hard time seeing that that stuff isn't the reality that that stuff is just wrong and so when are we gonna stop judging the single mom well it's when one person themselves can affect that change and then the other person sees that change and the other person sees that change and so on and so on it's you know basically one it, it I know it sounds crazy that one person can change the world but look at Madonna Madonna said in 1984 that she wanted to rule the world and she did exactly what she set out to do for a long time Madonna ruled the world <laughs> with her music with her flamboyance with her sexuality with her controversy with her single motherhood <laughs> imagine right so that is something I wanted to talk to you about today because it bothers me so much that we're still seeing the Armenian single mother as something sad and bad and just oh poor woman and let me dip deep in my pocket and give you money and hugs well you know I'll accept the money but uh, <laughs> but listen man I don't need it I'll accept it but I don't need it I've got my own heart and my own faith in myself and my my son by my side to help me through this world and really 
get a grasp on things and feel empowered like I feel empowered to share this story with you really help me feel empowered to you know negate that stereotype of us because it needs to be negated it needs to be flushed down the toilet single parents and single mothers in particular especially Armenian mothers are travelers we're world travelers we're financiers we're we're chefs we're world-class you know personal organizers we are family gatherers we are uh, family builders we are networkers we rock this isn't just something you do before you become a family and a mother it's not just something you do then you know businesses statistically are becoming better now when the single mother is in the house and running the business more smoothly because there isn't so much conflict at home you know i'm even proposing that people don't even get married I, like i don't even know why we need to get married anymore i guess if you really are rich and famous and wealthy you might need to for certain protections i don't know but it it, it really doesn't even serve a purpose anymore with dual income with the advent of dual income households and mostly women making more than men anyway um just by the nature of their tenacity and drive and spirit then what's the point what's the point of having so much of this marriage partnerhood okay you know maybe it's a belief in god that you're going to go to hell if you're not married i don't know i'm trying to figure it out but I don't think it's necessary anymore. I really don't. I think it's over. Marriage is overrated. It's a huge waste of money. And most marriages end up in divorce. I mean, I remember hearing this when I got married, but I did it anyway. For some reason, I was suckered into that mentality too. And maybe I was also living in Glendale a little bit too long where the Armenian weddings were the talk of the town. Everybody liked to go to them because they wanted to be fed all night long. And I'm thinking, God, what in the world? Can you just feed yourselves? Seriously, it's overrated getting food all night long. People should be on the dance floor more than they should be sitting down and eating anyway, right? But I don't blame them because the food is delicious. We just have awesome dishes. We are the best chefs on the planet, honestly. But that's besides the point. What I'm trying to say is I think that for myself, I got suckered into this idea that I needed to have a $10,000 wedding. Yes, I know back in the day it was only 10,000. Don't tell me how much yours cost because I already know they're way more expensive now. But you know, I didn't need to do that. I didn't need to waste my money and compromise my financial health over it. I certainly didn't need to support a guy who never worked anyway and didn't have a drive to do that to begin with and to end with i it, it was a royal waste of time for me but the beauty of it as you've probably heard most people say was the child that came of it the child is the icing on the cake that just went sour and dry and crackly. The icing on the cake is the best part of my 
Armenian marriage. So I'm really going to implore and encourage you. I implore all of you to, you know, start having a conversation that includes the single mother as being a badass and an important integral part of preserving our culture and really making things happen at the root and making that root grow into this fabulous family tree and recognizing that the Armenian single mom is a value and that she has no limits anymore. There's no thumb on her head. And now we need to speak of her in such a way that is, wow, you manage that, you handled all of that, you carry the insurance, you rock, my friend. Health insurance is so important here in the United States because we don't get it for free, baby. So you managed all of that, all that paperwork and more, you uploaded all that, you took care of that single-handedly without someone yelling down your throat that you're doing something so wrong and embarrassing and amot, you did that, you rock. You kept the kids alive, healthy, fed, and signed them up for school and took care of all of their educational, financial, and social well-being needs. You rock the house. You rock the house, lady, single mother. You rock the house. No more of this negative talk of, oh, well, Pajnavadze, um, you know, absos for Pajnavadze, Tajvar Bidilla, having kids, having um, another man in her life when she has kids. Like, what the fuck is that all about? Since when did children. Since when did that happen, that women with children are now seen as not sexy? Are you kidding me? Seriously? Men find women sexy regardless of how many kids they have running around, apparently. <laughs> Just ask any woman in um, the barrio or, you know, uh, the deepest uh, impoverished poverty areas, apparently men don't have a problem with any woman as long as she's warm-blooded. So don't give me that bullshit about, well, she has kids now. Oh, please. Please. Stop with that negative, nasty, vulgar way of speaking about a single Armenian woman. Stop that. It serves no one. So yes, I implore you this week to do what you can to uplift and empower a single woman, a single mother in your life. Empower them. Even a single woman who is just divorced and no kids. I want you to find an opportunity 
to say something so empowering and so encouraging to them that they can't possibly imagine someone ever saying anything like that to them and they're just gonna shine and smile right back at you and say thank you I needed that and to you too I want you to do that I'm challenging you to do that and see what beautitude you can bring to your own life by encouraging a single Armenian mother's life. I bet you can. I think you can. I know you can. Have a very safe, honest, and good day. Bye.